The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hey, I'm Haley Hubbard, mom to three and wife to a country music star. And I'm Jess Diamond, registered dietitian nutritionist and mom to one. And this is Meaningful Living, a community to make parenting and life a little easier and a lot less lonely. Every week, we talk to experts, parents, and answer your questions to share the practical tips and real side of parenting we all need. Because when you remove the doubt, fear, and stress from everyday decisions, you create more time for the meaningful moments. It takes a village. We're so excited to share ours with you. You guys, if you do not know Nicole Walters or her story, get ready. Get ready to be impacted, probably a little emotional, really inspired. If we've ever had anyone on this show that's represented a meaningful life, I really think it's you, Nicole. We are just so excited to have you here today. You guys, we just finished a podcast with her on her (laughs) podcast. You need to go listen to her podcast if you do not follow it. By the way, I am so inspired by you. Jess and I both are. Everything you say. The whole podcast, I was like, I know that we're on your podcast, but I just want to sit there and listen to you talk because you're so incredible. Oh my gosh, you're so kind. I literally the whole time was like, you have this incredibly peaceful energy. It's so, just even your tone in your voice has me like, I don't believe that she has three kids and a traveling husband because she is just like, it'll be fine. Like, like literally your voice, like I'm over here, like I'm a frantic mess. Like someone, no, I don't drink coffee. Do you think I can handle coffee? You're over here like, "Mm -hmm." (laughs) yeah, nope. Totally had a freak out this morning. Yeah, no, but you know what? I'm here. But like, you know you. I got my power nap in right <laughs> yes, before. That's right. That's right. <laughs> I was napping in, in the studio. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I'm so happy you're here with us. Thanks. And I just want to start. You have a very cool story, inspiring mm-hmm. story. I'd love to start by you sharing how you became a mother and just motherhood in general. Okay, perfect. It's funny because I know whenever anyone hears that sentence, you're like, Oh, honey, we know how people become mothers, you know, and it's like not this story, you know, so I have three amazing kiddos and I've been a mom now for nine years and their age is 11, 20 and 23. And I became a mom back in Baltimore, Maryland, nine years ago when I was driving down the street. Actually, the anniversary is coming up in October and I saw a little girl and her mother panhandling and she had just turned three. She was tiny and we pulled over and I struck up a conversation with her mother and just said, you know, are you okay? Do you need anything? Are you, you know, can I help? And the mother shared that, you know, they needed some food and took her to dinner, kept chatting her up. And she said, and I've got two more kiddos at home. And I said, okay, well, cool. Let's get some extra food for them. And the way I always describe it is when I dropped them off at home, the two at the time, ages 11 and 14, kind of came out of the back room to say thank you. And they look like wilted flowers, you know, shoulders kind of slunched over, frowns on their faces, but I could see how bright and beautiful they were. And, you know, I just said to them, hey, you know, if there's anything you need, I'll be back. Like, and they said groceries. So I came back the next day with groceries. And over the next 30 days, I just kept coming back, you know, like, can I help with school or can I help with groceries? Like, what can I do to serve you as my neighbor, you know, and these sweet three little babies, you know, that deserve love. And after about 30 days, I found out that their mother was going to be incarcerated. And long story short, they were going to be put into the system and that always could be a situation where they get split up, you know, and there were a lot of addiction issues going on as well. So anyone else couldn't take them. And I just said, you know what, I'll take them and I will figure it out. You know, if you're okay with that, I can definitely keep them until you get out, you know, and then we can navigate it from there. And so after about a year's time, the three girls were very clear. They were like, no, like, we'd really like to stay here. So, you know, in what, 30 days plus a year, you know, I went from a 27-year-old, you know, with no littles, you know, to a mom of a 3-year-old, an 11-year-old, and a 14-year-old. And so in nine years, I've done Two proms, two college, teaching how to drive, potty training, kindergarten, boyfriends, house moves, started a business, you know, did all of these things, you know, in just nine years. So it's been a journey. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Mm -hmm. I just have the chills. I mean, I've heard your story before, but Mm -hmm. it's just it's it's incredible. I'm, I'm so blessed. Believe it or not, like. How many people get to say that they've lived a whole life in a decade? I mean, I've done all of the things except for marry my kids off and have grandkids, you know, and I'm not even 40 yet. So, like, I just feel really fortunate because 
you know, and without getting teary about it, because, you know, my kids, I'm so much for my littles. Every day I wake up and I'm like, if this was my last day, like, thank you, God. Like, I'm so fortunate. Like, I, no one yeah. can say I haven't lived, you know. So I'm really thankful because tomorrow's not promised, you know. And I've learned that through many ways there's urgency there. So I'm just really grateful because mm -hmm. my life is full and complete. Wow. What a cool blessing in your mm -hmm. life. I'm just like, my mouth is wide open. I'm like <laughs> in awe of you. What was that like? I mean, I'm sure you are such a motherly person. And I know we <laughs> talked about motherhood mm -hmm. and how much you love it. So I'm sure you always had this vision of what motherhood oh gosh, yes. looked like versus what how you did become a mother. Mm -hmm. And what was that like so for me I was always very like I'm gonna be a Proverbs 31 woman like I'm gonna you know mend the clothes and tend the soil start a business bring home the coins cook my meals be virtuous faithful but like I was like I'm gonna do all these things and mm -hmm. I did a really good job I mean I still did them all you know but it was just not the plan you know we were I was married for about seven years you know before we even got our girls and everyone knows when you get married the first year people are like so when the baby's coming like you know and all of that and we looked at each other I got married super young at 22 so you will young nowadays you know and right. we both said okay we're just not even going to talk about kids to like 32 you know what I mean like let's just we're so young we want to be married but let's do all the things you know before there's no rush right so Taking it off the plate made it great because I could focus on everything else. But I knew I wanted to be a mother. In 10th grade, when they said, who are you? Tell us who, about who you are. I was like, I am a mom. I don't have kids yet, but I know I'm meant to be a mom. And I'm meant to do good in this world. And I'm meant to help people. Like that was in a 10th grade paper I wrote. So it's like oh my, God. my mind had already been made up. So you can only imagine when I became a mom at 27 to three littles that needed a family, you know. And I mean, I needed them too you know, and I still need them. And I'm so grateful. And I mean, hopefully I have more babies down the line, you know, but, you know, for right now, like, again, like I couldn't be more blessed because motherhood looks nothing like what I thought it would. But when I tell you, Haley, Jessica, nothing is missing. And I'm so, so grateful. I love hearing that because I think so many moms, we all need to hear that, especially mm -hmm. whether it's going into birth and our birth plan doesn't go according to right. quote plan or, you know, our, our milestones or whatever mm -hmm. it is, like nothing is going to go according to plan, mm -hmm. but it all just, it really does work out. Yes, it does. In God's plan, exactly yes. how it's supposed to be. Mm -hmm. So with it now being closer to the end of the year, I can't believe it. I love to take a pause and reflect on the first half of the year and make plans for the rest of the year. And Honestly, it's small changes we make that have the biggest impact on our physical and mental health. So something that I've been focusing on for myself and clients recently is their vitamin regimen. As a nutritionist, health nut, I'm very picky when it comes to vitamins and supplements I take. I always want to know it has the highest quality ingredients, which is why we are so excited about our partnership with Ritual. I've been taking Ritual Vitamins for years. They're incredible. I recommend them to my friends and family and clients. The ingredients are top-notch and the health benefits are undeniable. So if you're looking for a high-quality multivitamin, I highly recommend Ritual's Essential for Women 18 Plus multivitamin. It was formulated with lots and lots of research to help fill in nutrient gaps in the diet of women 18 and older. And it not only supports brain health, but it also supports bone health, blood health, provides antioxidant support, fills in those gaps in your diet. And it's perfect if you're also looking to boost your vitamin D levels, which a lot of us need to do. The best part is that you only need to take it once a day with or without food. Anyone who wants to better their nutrition Rituals for you. I love knowing that I'm doing something each day that helps improve my overall nutrition. Ritual is committed to quality ingredients always, which means never any shady stuff ever. They're delivered straight to your door, which I love, and they make it so easy to get the nutrients we need to stay our best selves. Their products are designed to fit seamlessly into your daily routine so we can easily make healthy choices without skipping a beat at all. So if you're ready to discover your new favorite multivitamin, right now, Ritual is offering our listeners 10% off your first three months. Visit ritual.com slash living and turn healthy habits into a ritual. That's 10% off at ritual.com slash living. Try them. You will love them. I'm open. 
What's up, everyone? I'm Sheena Shea. You may know me from nine seasons of Bravo's Vanderpump Rules, but I'm here to tell you about my podcast called Shenanigans. We talk about everything from reality TV, pop culture, relationships, parenting, and invite you to join the conversations with Q&A sessions where nothing is off the table. There's so much more I want to share with you. Thanks for listening and make sure to subscribe to Shenanigans to stay up to date with new episodes every Friday. What was that like coming home and having a three-year-old, did you say 11 and 14, yep. who have already lived you another know, life, another life mm-hmm. in another place, or I guess I, I should say just a whole different lifestyle. Existence. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And then coming into your home, like I'm sure eating had to look different and life in general. What was that like and how did you navigate that? So it's interesting because I don't think I've talked about this much a lot of places like what those early days were like. But I remember feeling like it was a very tender and delicate situation, right? Because, you know, it was a couple years before we actually got full legal custody because just the adoption process is a long one to begin with. Plus, I, I didn't want to. I'm not going to lie. I'll say it out loud. I didn't want to be a mom. At, to to these girls this way. I did not anticipate that that's the role. It didn't feel appropriate. They had a mother. Mm-hmm. If anything, I was a support. I was a big sister. You know, like how um, how audacious for me to walk in and think, oh, I could be your mother. You know, like that's not, you know, appropriate, you know? So yes, there was like definitely a huge amount of humility because I didn't even think I could. You know, like I was like, well, what I can do is make sure they have meals and make sure they have shoes and make sure they have clothes and make sure their homework's done. So if you want to know what those early days look like, it was that. It was do the next right thing. So if they came over and I detected a problem, I did what I could to fix it. You know, feeding them, teaching them what vegetables look like and in their raw form, not when they're pureed and put into a can. And, you know, I recognize and I still honor their mother for doing the best she could with what she knew and what she had. And I'm grateful because she did something I don't think I, you could, you couldn't pull my kids away from me with, you know, a claw. Like that's how much I love them. So she made the ultimate sacrifice in saying, hey, help them, you know? So I'm grateful to her for that. But yeah, it was a season of catch up. You know, like saying, hey, this is what food looks like and this is what homework is supposed to be done like. I mean, because they were ingrained with their own habits, their belief systems around their worth. And because not feeding kids properly is one of the first messages to tell them that you don't think they're worth much, you know, Uh and that is like not I shouldn't even say worth much prioritized, you know, and kids need to at least feel like they're a priority. And so like that was, I mean, just letting them know like, no, like I came home from work to make sure you had dinner. And they're like, what? You know, like that was a priority to you that like you felt my hunger when you were trying not to cry because it's just it's it's still raw. But like you felt my hunger when you were away. Yes, I think about you when I don't see you, you know, like Mm -hmm. I think about you all the time, you know, and those sorts of things were just really tremendous. But it also taught me that mothering is really not about what you provide. It's just about how you show up. It's totally Mm. how you show up. Mm -hmm. It's totally how you show up Mm -hmm. in those early days, too, of them switching, like you had kids that didn't have their basic needs Mm -hmm. met, right? Like Mm -hmm. if we're in survival mode, if we don't know where our next meal is coming from, or we don't know what it's going to be, or if we're going to feel full, or if we're going to be comfortable or warm, those, you know, those are the most basic needs. And when you don't have that, you're sitting in this survival mode. So what was that transition like? Like how... Yeah. How'd you handle that transition? I have to tell you, it was difficult because in the very beginning, you know, I kept my girls as much as I could. So it was mostly like Monday through Friday, maybe on the weekends, they might go back to their bio mom for a stint, you know. But whenever I'd send them back, it'd be like, and I made all these food in here, your snacks. And just like you would send the kids over to anyone's house if you're not sure, you know. But then very quickly, it it made sense that just like we're not even doing little visits because this is, you know, more structured for you. But the survival mode thing was real because one, I'm trying to train them into a life of stability. If you open the fridge, I will be sure to have food there for you. If you come home, it'll be safe here and you can get hugs, you can get cuddles, but you can also have a clean bed to sleep in. The lights will always turn on, the water will always run. I mean, just really simple things that affected their ability to function. We take for granted, you know, and it affects their ability to function. But then also on top of that, I had to couple that with teaching them that those things may not always be there because at the end of the day, I am not on paper your adoptive mother. So if at any point in time your mom says, like, you know, because there were mental health issues there as well, like that this cannot exist or she wants to revoke things until I could get, and very quickly I got things court ordered, you know, and that was easy enough to do. But her 
if it ever changed, you know, we were in a situation where I had to teach my kids like, so this is how you, so for instance, here's a great working example. My three-year-old has known how to do her own laundry since six and, and she's known how to make a sandwich since four. And these are things that if I think I were raising her from the beginning, maybe I would have held on to a little bit because it's like, you know, yeah. like I love doing this for you and I love doing, totally. your, you know, little mommy things. Right. Yeah. But I had to make sure that I didn't over coddle her, if you will. And I taught it to her conceptually like, oh, my gosh, you're tall enough to reach the fridge. Well, you know what that means? It's sandwich time, you know, trying <laughs> yeah. to make it like playful. But the truth is, I just wanted to make sure that even if she was at her bio mom's house, she knew how to get, have clean clothing and feed herself. Yeah. You know, and that's. That was tough, you know, preparing them that if you aren't to be with me, that you're going to be okay and having to do it as soon as three, you know, yeah. usually you don't do that until they're adults, you know, so that was hard. That's amazing to have that intentionality for parenting. I mean, at 27 to just jump into parenting like that. I mean, that that is true intention mm -hmm. and like innate motherhood. You probably just, how did you get that? Well, I mean, I'll be completely honest. I had a childhood where, you know, both my parents were hard workers. They're immigrants from Ghana, West Africa, and they worked hard to come to the country and do things the right way and, you know, really dive in on the American dream. So my dad was a cab driver and my mom was a secretary. And from nine, I really had to care for myself in a lot of ways. And I also had a baby sister who's seven years younger than me. So yeah. it's been my nature. You know, a therapist will tell you that's called parentification. It's not a good thing. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> Your kid should not be raising other kids, you know? So I'm aware of that. But it also is my nature as I got older and sort of healed those inner child parts of me to recognize that I also do enjoy being a caretaker. So yeah. that was what I was able to bring to the table in this situation. And as I've gotten older, I've learned how to balance that out with also caretaking for myself, you you know, but yes. yeah, that was, it wasn't intentional. It was just doing the next right thing, you know, like when I'm very good at seeing the need and then trying to solve it. Mm -hmm. I feel like having kids that you got older, right? Mm -hmm. They had already had so much life, I think is such a good lesson for so many parents. Cause I think we feel like when we screw up, like we've screwed our kids forever. So if we, you know, sleeping habits aren't great or eating habits aren't great or discipline habits aren't great. It's like, well, they're already four years old. So it's all out the it's window. A they're already seven. <laughs> I'm done. Mm -hmm. Like, but you really took these kids, right? And then brought them into a new environment and changed that. And so I think a lot of parents can learn a lot from that. It's never too late, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it is never too late, but also it, it's still going to be imperfect. So make no mistake, like they're still, I love saying like, there's no such thing as a bad kid, right? Like kids are like a piece of paper and what you draw on them is what's there. It's just that some people draw things on them trauma-wise that are like Sharpie marker where it's a lot harder to get out and some things are pencil and those are a lot easier to like get out. And so I was able to take care of a lot of the pencil stuff, but we didn't even notice some of the Sharpie stuff until later, you know, and I can tell you normal teenage things. So when your kids get older and they're struggling with wanting that independence more and wanting to dictate more of their life and feeling like I should be able to stay late and I should be able to go out with this boy and I should be able to wear what I want. Mm -hmm. It was a lot harder, honestly, to have that conversation with my my child that I got at 14 when she hit like 18 because she's like, listen, lady, you know, I've only known you for four years. And at 14, yes, I was all, you're my mama, you're my, you know, all these things. But now I'm grown and I've been on my own and I know what it's like to be in the street and I know what it's like to survive and who are you to tell me how to live when I've already wow. had to live and and you're dealing with some complexities there you know where you know they I could see in her face and I knew that she recognized love and you know recognized that she was safe because kids also only challenge if they feel like they're safe often you know like they know that they're it's a safe space to do that you know and mm -hmm. like she I mean that's what she was doing I shouldn't speak to all kids my kids do and so for her it was you're right like you get them older and you think certain things are ingrained forever and I think it's just a lot safer to think of it as sharpie versus pencil you know and even though sharpie is called permanent marker girl you can still get that out you know what I mean you just need sometimes you need a dry cleaner I call that the therapist sometimes you need to get a <laughs> professional or an expert to show you what you need to, but you don't have to ball up the paper and throw it out. Like it's still good. And even yeah. if there are faint stains that are still there, my job as a mom is to scrub it as best as I can, but they're going to have to take care of the rest themselves too. And mm -hmm. that's how I've been treating parenting is I just remember my kids are always a blank piece of paper and I am responsible for putting stuff on them too. So yeah. it can be sparkly. I can put glitter on there. I can put stickers on there. You know, like I can make it super beautiful. I can sometimes, ick is going to get on there by accident. That might be splash off from me, but no matter what, like, I'm responsible for what's on that paper. So what can I help with and what can't? 
God, I love that analogy. Mm-hmm. That is so good because I think we all need those reset moments as mm-hmm. parents. Whether it's, I mean, we're, like I said earlier, we were going through a re- resetting boot camp phase in our house. And so whether it's as little as that or as, as big as something like that, it's just we all need that that faith. That, yes, that faith that it'll be okay. That's that like, gonna be okay. even if, and even if, just like Jessica's saying, even if we don't get out all of the stain, like, it's also okay. Like, I talk about how yeah. my kids have a college budget and a therapy budget. Like, I know I'm not a perfect mother, you right. know, and I know that I make mistakes. Like, I'm on the internet for money. That is literally like weird. You know what I mean? Like, who grew up saying they wanted to do this type of stuff for a job? Like, I have TV shows. Like, obviously, my kids are going to have some sort of feels about it. So mm-hmm. I've released feeling like I need to be that Proverbs 31 woman, as long as my kids always know I was aiming for it and that they were prioritized, that they were loved and that they are literally, I would be on stage with Oprah and walk off that stage if they needed me. That's enough. You know what I mean? Like that is enough. And Mm -hmm. I just have to hold on to that, you know, and I'll be in therapy with them. If they're like, mom, I was mad at this thing. I am sorry. I was wrong. You know what I mean? Like I'm prepared for that moment where I have to reconcile my mistakes too, you know, like, and I'm not going to beat myself up for it in advance. Well, and you're not afraid to do the repair, mm-hmm. which is I'm not like I own it, you know, like yeah. I'm going through a divorce now, which I don't think we've mentioned. And like, I am aware that for the first time I'm putting trauma on my littlest one who I've had since she was three. That is mine. It's not her previous mom. It's not her previous life. This is mine. She's going through it. And I'm going to have to reckon with this one day, you know, mm-hmm. and I'm not excited about it, you know, and I know one day she's going to say like, mom, like you know, why was I even in this situation, you know? And I'm going to have to say to her, I am so sorry. What can I do to make it better? You know what I mean? Like, what do you need to hear from me so that you know, Mm -hmm. you know? And I'm prepared to do it like 100% because I love her and she deserves it, you know? Incredible. And it really is shaping her personality to who she was meant to be. For sure. I I really believe that. And I I believe that with our kids because I'm like, you know, I don't know if I'm just telling myself this to make myself feel better, but... I feel like with the three kids, this, our, our third kid, Atlas, he's this sweet little guy and he <laughs> is just a fighter, a fighter for time, a fighter mm-hmm. for attention and everything because I don't give it to him enough. Mm-hmm. I just don't, I haven't had the capacity lately and, mm-hmm. and I feel like I am at a point where I do have it, but I just feel like naturally the older kids got my attention and I'm like, oh my gosh, like this is going to like ruin him and but I'm like no no mm-hmm. this is going to shape him mm-hmm. he is going to be resilient absolutely he like and not just resilient but again you never know how whatever the thing is is going to serve them later mm-hmm. Atlas may be the person who is now the outspoken leader he will never shy away or shrink away in a boardroom you know or on a stage right. you know because he knows how to speak up for what he wants because the converse is I don't, you know what I mean? So the idea that his inclination is to fight to be seen versus permitting himself to shrink is something that another mom is saying like, my gosh, my kid never tells me when he needs anything. And, you know, I think sometimes we forget that like both sides, nothing's missing, you know, like it's not just one or the other. It's that everything's right, everything's wrong and nothing's missing and that's okay, you know? Right, Mm right. You guys, drinking water is one of the most essential things we can do for our health, but if you're like me and so many others, we don't drink enough of it and our body needs water to function at its best. I know it can feel impossible to stay hydrated when it feels like we're always on the go, busy with family activities, work, sports, you name it, but if you switch up your water and you grab water that tastes sweet rather than plain, you can get hydrated without even realizing it. So that's where Water Drop comes in. Their effervescent cubes make it easy to add flavor, vitamins, and even caffeine to your water. Plus, with a wide range of flavors, you're, <laughs> you'll find one that you love. All you do is drop a micro drink cube in your water bottle, wait a few seconds, and that's it. You've got a delicious drink that keeps you hydrated. And if you're looking to up your little one's hydration game, you have to check out Water Drop's toddler collection. It's for kids 18 months to four years. And the water bottles, you guys come in four adorable designs and they're leak-proof, durable, easily disassembled for cleaning, which we know those are game changers. And best of all, each water drop contains essential vitamins for your child's health. So if you're looking for a stylish and functional way to keep your kid hydrated, then water drop is definitely the way to go. 
Waterdrop is a company that was started to encourage hydration, but without creating another bottled or canned product. Their micro drinks use 98% less plastic than plastic bottles and are completely recyclable. Not only do they help reduce single waste plastic bottles, which I love, they also offer gorgeous glass and steel bottles in beautiful designs. I've been using both of them. I love them. Seriously, you have to check out the designs. They're beautiful. So head to Waterdrop website and use code LIVING for 15% off. Browse their large collection of micro drinks, glass and steel bottles, crafts, glasses, and more. This is such an easy way to up your hydration. You're going to love it. That's code LIVING at waterdrop.com. So I want to know what stage of your career were you in when you adopted your girls? So uh, I was working corporate America. I was the a senior executive, one of the youngest in a Fortune 500 company. So it was great. I was like really proud of myself. You know, I was making like decent enough money, but not the type of money. I was supporting the whole household. as a bread- I've always been the breadwinner in my household. So it's like I just... I remember distinctly a moment when I first got the girls because kids are expensive, y'all. We all know this and more yes. so now than before, right? Oh my but, gosh. I mean, I remember a time when I they came home and they needed back to school clothes. They just always, they always had a need. And I took them to the thrift store because that's what I really could afford in budget and spent $300 and then cried in the car because I just couldn't, I was like, how am I going to explain this to my husband? You know, because my husband was very like, mm-hmm. it's okay if you get the girls, but just kind of let's be mindful about our household. This wasn't our plan, like that whole thing. And I just was like so torn up about it. So, I mean, I I had a great job, but I also, it was a sobering moment for me because I realized, boy, was I in over my head because these kids needed. And mm-hmm. I was not getting any help financially from the government. And I was not, and I never have, you know, and I haven't gotten, there. it was arrangement where literally this woman dropped basically gave me her kids and I just need to figure it out you know no one's gonna help so Mm -hmm. God being so good you know I knew that I had skills I could turn into a business I'm a corporate consultant that's what I did I scaled businesses from 2 million to 200 million so I knew how to do that job so I just went private and I still do exactly what I did in corporate and I love it you know I just do it for everyday entrepreneurs super easy for me to do I have a headquarters in Atlanta we do multi-million I have 16 employees we do really well but I started that business by quitting my job live online in front of 10,000 people because I started building and getting my first clients because I had to stay home. People don't know this. I had to stay home with my three-year-old because she like didn't know how to read and she needed help with her language. And I was like, I'll never forget the moment my boss called me and I was like, I can't do this. This was before I even quit. I was like, I need time. Like I have to figure it out. I have these three kids. Yeah. You know that mom crazy chip where all of a sudden someone comes in and you're just like, my kid is falling up, like falling apart. Everything has exploded. Every yes. single hole on them has exploded. And you are ringing my doorbell to ask me to sign for a package. Leave it on the doorstep, <laughs> sister. You know what I mean? I do not have the time. You know what I mean? And like, right. that was basically where I was. I was like, I've got two kids going to college in four oh or five God. years. I've got prom to pay for. I've got kindergarten. Like, my salary literally is not enough. There's no college fund. There's no, you know, so I was like, I have to quit because my hours that I'm working are not enough money for the hours. Mm-hmm. So I just, I quit and I hired myself. And that was almost 10 years ago and I'm still here. So, wow. What was great. that like? What was that transition like? Did you have kind of a gap period or did you just go right into? I overlapped. So, I mean, I was working for myself and I was working at home. So I was doing like 80 hour weeks. I mean, there were times, and my wow. kids remember seeing this. How there were times. How did you do that? With with the girls, with, <laughs> yeah. the, oh my gosh. I don't know. I look back on myself and I'm like, man, my youth was wasted. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, I was like, what was I? I was a machine. You know what I mean? Like, because I look now and it's like, I wake up and my knees hurt. And I'm like, so it's a sex in the city marathon type of day. You know what I mean? <laughs> like when I wake up, like it's a different energy. But I will tell you, like back then, I, don't, I was a machine. I mean, literally, I don't know if it's that mom drive where they talk about how you can lift a car and you weren't expecting it. Or I just knew I could not fail these babies and no one was coming to save me. And my partner at the time wasn't as like his his core personality is not as enthusiastic about you know changes and like things like that so I was really in a position where I was like it is me you know what I mean like I made this promise and I need to follow through and so I was I literally there were times where my daughters remember going to sleep and I'm sitting in front of a computer teaching myself like coding and programming because I didn't want to spend money hiring a web developer so I've got YouTube open on my phone figuring out like CSS and HTML while programming it and wondering why I put that backslash there, you know, on my screen. And then they wake up and I'm still in front of that screen, you know, and 
it to, I look back, I don't think I could do it again now. I probably could if I had to, but I don't think I could do it again now. But you better believe I was going to get it done because I knew yeah. I had limited time and big needs and I was going to meet them. Well, and how cool for your girls to see all of it. All of that. Mm -hmm. And and I have videos with my little ones, like on my little, my three-year-old on my lap. And she's like, what are you doing, Miss Nicole? Because I was Miss Nicole then. Well, Midicole, because she couldn't say Miss Nicole. (laughs) What are you doing, Midicole? And I was like, oh, well, you see these people here? They're watching me live. Oh, hi. You know, and it's just like, and I'm working. And I mean, it's amazing because I have photos of me You know, social media, like we were talking about this earlier, like I've been on for 15 years on social. People have seen from the very first photo that I posted saying dropped off these groceries at a neighbor's house. You know, I hope they have a good Thanksgiving to me sitting with my daughter on my lap in my 200 year old house in Baltimore in the hood, you know, like it's like trying to build this business and working for every single dollar to my corporate office, to a TV show, to a, you know, million dollar book deal. Like not only is God good, generous and consistent, but I have truly like worked from nothing to here, you know, and I'm just grateful because now that I'm starting all over with divorce, you know, like I did it once, I can do it again, right? You know, and my girls feel safe because they know that like as long as they're with me, like they'll never need for anything. Yeah. I mean, it's being perfectly imperfect, right? Like everything you're describing. And the truth is, is that there is this like, this thought of perfection, but perfection is so much pressure. It's so much pressure Mm. for our kids. I think they actually learn more in the imperfect moments than that moment where we feel like we did this A plus work. Yes. Like like you said before, just like listening to them and showing up and asking for feedback Mm -hmm. is so important. How are you so comfortable with change and taking risk and starting over? Because I feel like that's like Mm -hmm. your story for so long. Right, right. Redoing this and starting over. You know, I want to be really clear because people always ask me like, oh my God, how are you so confident? How are you this? I'm not. Like I literally, before I get on stage, will Google if you can see like pit stains through blazers. I'm constantly checking my Spanx to see if they rolled up. Like I am team regular degular. However, what I am confident with is that no one's coming to save me, you know? And, you know, I learned at a very early age that if you want a meal, you got to go get it, you know? And if you, you just can't, closed mouths don't get fed, you know? So one thing I'm not afraid to do is ask, you know, how did you do that? How I'm learning on asking for help, <laughs> but how mm-hmm. did you do that? What can you show me? Like, and, you know, having my girls has taught me to ask for help because I couldn't do it without the help of the masses of internet aunties that support me or, you know, teachers, God, the teachers, secretaries, people, doctors, nurses who are like, oh, you adopted these three kids? Girl, you don't know what you're doing. Let me help you out. You know what I mean? Like I really, even you, like you two sitting here with you, you've spoken so much life into me in this season where I'm able to say, oh, okay, I could do this or I could try this, you know? And I mean, I'm honestly telling you that where I get the confidence is when I don't have my own, I borrow it from everyone else because people are readily, especially women, we readily lend answers and confidence. And sometimes like Mm -hmm. just in a target, I'll see a mom dealing with a tantrum and I'm like, you're doing great. I just want to let you know you're doing great and I'm not judging you because, you know, you have that embarrassing, like, you know, and they immediately like, I'm so sorry. I'm like, you don't need to apologize for anything. This happens to all of us. You are crushing it right now. And oftentimes that kid will stop crying and stare at you and be like, what is happening right now? You know what (laughs) I mean? You know, but you just like lend that gift. Or if you're on that plane and the mom is trying to struggle with like the seatbelt and the bags and all those things. And then another mom says, look, I'll hold the baby girl. Go to go to the bathroom real quick or grab out the wipes that you need. Like Mm -hmm. there there are people around us all the time in those scary, risk-filled, frightening, big leap moments that are willing to hold our hand, lend their support, or catch us if necessary. And we just need to be willing to utilize them. And I definitely do. Oh, you guys, with summer over, I am feeling the pressure of just getting back into the routine. And it feels good to get back in a routine. I'm not going to lie, but it is not easy getting more organized with schedules, all of our schedules, bedtimes, regular meals. It's a lot. So when planning meals and getting to the grocery store is overwhelming, I love turning to some help so I can still provide healthy meals during the chaos, you know, without putting just a mishmash of foods together for lunch or dinner. And I am sure so many of you feel the same way as me. So HelloFresh is here to help. With HelloFresh, you get farm fresh, pre-portioned ingredients and seasonal recipes delivered right to your doorstep. You get to skip those trips to the grocery store or last minute takeout and count on HelloFresh to make 
home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. There is a reason they are America's number one meal kit. We're loving it and it is saving us so much time and money and energy and just giving me peace of mind that I can serve well-balanced, healthy meals in a season of my life when I am just so busy. So they have a weekly selection of 30 plus recipes and 70 plus convenience items that are amazing, all delivered to your door. And the savings are incredible. HelloFresh is 25% less expensive than takeout. Those takeout bills really add up and it's cheaper and easier than the grocery store. We're loving all their meals, but I have to say my current obsession is they have these limited edition kid-friendly baking kits. They're adorable. We've been doing them and they are such a foolproof way to cook with Bryce. And you guys know, the more we cook with our kids, the better they do with eating. So it is a win-win. Go to HelloFresh.com slash Meaningful65 and use code Meaningful65 for 65% off plus free shipping. That's HelloFresh.com slash Meaningful65, two L's in full, and use code Meaningful65 for 65% off plus free shipping. It is such a good deal and you will see why they are America's number one meal kit. You lead with love in everything you do is what the whole thread of our previous conversation mm-hmm. and this conversation, I've just noticed like obviously adopting your girls. Like mm-hmm. that's probably, an, if another person stopped to help out, they probably wouldn't have adopted. Oh, I didn't plan to. I you feel know? like people give me too much credit. Listen, who I bring home. But like, you did it. I did it because it was the right thing to do. Like one thing that I, I is a, I always tell my girls all the time, like, you know, It'll all work out and also do what you say you will do, right? Yeah. Like, if I, I will, I don't even know how to explain it. You were saying something earlier, Jessica, where you were like, you're gonna, you're imperfect, you're gonna mess up, you're gonna this, like, you know, setting parameters around perfection is not reasonable. Listen, with my girls, when I tell you the tone that I have a conversation with them with, because I'm new to their world and they've had so many trust issues with adults. Like if the first people who've ever are supposed to love you weren't able to feed you and weren't affectionate, like all these things, trust. Like I literally say to them all the time, like, hey, I don't know how this is going to work out. Like, I mean, hearing it from me actually helps them with their anxiety. Like, I just want to let you know we're going into this situation and these are things that I do know and these are things that I don't know. But what I do want you to know is I'll be there with you. We'll figure it out that if there's something we don't like, we have room to get out of it, you know? And like, mm-hmm. that's how I talk to my kids. And the, so it's like, people give me so much credit, like, wow, you picked up these kids, you're amazing, blah, blah, blah. I didn't know what I was doing, you know? And there was, there's always an out, you know? I just told my kids, the one thing I always told them from day one, and I still tell them all the time today, is that you do know I'm never leaving you, right? No matter what, I am never leaving you. I will always always be with you, you know, whether it is just in your mind, remembering something I tell you, whether it is on the phone, whether it is, I just am not leaving. And my kids will tell you, you know, if you ask them, how did you know that your mom was different? Because people help poor people all the time. Right. And they're like, cause she's the only person who never left, you know? And so as much as it's like, oh, you just love them and you this, I do like, I would murder for my children in ways that people would not believe, right? It's the one thing about me that is not sane. <laughs> you know, like, and I think every mama right now is like, mm-hmm. you know, like the sweetest <laughs> totally. of the sweet mamas is like accurate. You know what I mean? Yes. But aside from that, like I, I like them and I truly just try to be there for them because they deserve it in like mm-hmm. a human, normal, basic, like being form. And like, that's how I see them first, right. like independent humans that deserve to have a person and like it's an honor and a privilege to be their person because they're you haven't met them my kids are so cool like they're just such cool humans like I'm I'm really lucky to know them they're really great kids well so. you're a very cool person and oh. such a great role oh. model kids I hope so. you heard that mom's <laughs> actually cool cool people on the internet have said it it's this official <laughs> will be our social clip <laughs> I know I'm like this needs to go out there someone said mom's cool she has a ton of followers because you know that doesn't mean anything they're like who is that blah blah she's famous Okay, and she says that I'm cool. It's official. Listen to what I say. Oh, my God. (laughs) Truly, you do lead with love. Even just going up to people in Target, like, and saying that. That is so loving. Where did you get that from? Oh, I'm an annoying extrovert. When I'm, like, so my sister is the opposite of me, right? I have a sister who's seven years younger, and she is irritated by me. We go places, and she literally is like, 
if you go into that store and you talk to anyone, I will walk away from you, Nicole. I will leave and I will walk away from you. And I'm like, I won't talk to anyone. Like, why would I do that? Like, it's a target. Like, I'm just going in there. Two seconds later. Wow. So how long have you been a security guard here? So do you feel like you're living in your purpose? Like, and she's like, what is wrong with you? You know what I mean? Like, it's just my nature. Like, I'm interested in humans, you know, like I'm interested in yeah. people. Yeah. And I'm really big on like, I want to leave every single person I've met better than I found them. Every single one. So whether you're like, and it's easy enough to do. It doesn't mean that I don't have like icky days or bad days or whatever. Mm -hmm. But like when I meet people, like even people meet me offline, like off the internet or whatever, they're like in awe. They're like, oh my God, you're exactly like you are online. And I'm like, am I supposed to be different? You know what I mean? Like, like, what did you get? You know? So yeah, thank you for that. It's so kind and generous, Mm -hmm. but I got to tell you, it's like, it's a lot easier to just be me than it is to like try to, you know, internet adapt. That's woof. Hard. <laughs> it is. It is. In this day and age with internet yeah. and teenagers, how are you navigating that? Because as someone with younger kids, I know that that is in my future and mm-hmm. who knows what social media will be mm-hmm. in that in that time. time. But how do you do that? What what am I doing for balance? Well, I'll tell you first things first, balance is bogus, right? You'll always get out of out of kilter and then you got to figure it back out. Yeah. But when it comes to, I had a cheat, right? Cause I got my kids older. So when they came to me, they didn't have phones. So, I mean, we just made a rule right at the gate. No one gets a phone until 16. And they're kind of like, oh, okay. Like that's just what you do in this house. So that yeah. helped, right? Because being able to say like, okay, there's other tools you can use for communication. Like my three-year-old has a wristwatch phone. It has four numbers in it. Doesn't connect to the internet. She can call us as much as she wants. She can talk for as long as she wants, but there's no access to anything else, right? She can right. even send little one word quick text, you know, and we limit who's in there and who has that number. So it's like every, she can use, she's 11. She can use that all the way until, you know, oh, 16. Awesome. It's like the perfect tool. And then the coolest thing. It, it is. And then for my olders, we used first, they had like a very basic phone. It was like literally like a Nokia. So they didn't even want to take it out in front of their friends. And then when they hit 16, they were able to get like a smartphone. But the rule that we have is all screens stay on the first floor. So if you want to use your phone, if you want to do whatever, it's cool. Just you don't even have to be next to me, but we stay on the first floor. And before bed, everything gets plugged up and put into the box, you know, and so we don't creep down. We don't get it at night. Like, and that's just that. Phones don't go in bedrooms. No one goes in their bedrooms, actually. In our house, everyone hangs out on the same floor. That's just kind of how we've always done it. Yeah. Um, we have a tendency to hang out together because we like each other, but it's always been that. So you don't come in and run upstairs and shut the door. You stay on the same floor where I can see you. And then... My parenting rule that I'm really big on is I'm in my kid's business. So part of why they're on the first floor is every time they walk by, I ask them, so what you working on? So what you into? Oh, that sounds funny. I want to know what's funny, you know? And like, they're just used to telling me now, like, and what's great is they think that mom's just really interested, you know, and on on many levels I am, you know, especially as they get Mm -hmm. older, whoo, the teenage drama, so interesting. But, (laughs) you know, aside from that, it's just that I want them to think I'm interested in them. And I want them to tell me what is going on with them and to always talk to me as much as I can learn because they're not going to tell me everything, but as much as I can learn. Mm -hmm. So um, that's how we're managing it with the older kids and electronics and social is, oh, and then you cannot have any account that I don't have a password to and that I can't see. So the minute I find out there's a fake Instagram or Snapchat, you lose it all. So don't post anything you don't want your mom to see. I'm not going to manage it. I'm not going to anything. But, you know, mom's office building is social media. So if you wouldn't come into my office building, front lobby, stark naked, I don't want to see it on social media. Do you know what I mean? Because if so, mom's not going to have a job and you're not even going to have the clothes that you were trying to take off on the internet. So that's how that works. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Oh, my gosh. Tuesday, I was taking notes. <laughs> yeah, the first floor rule is amazing. Like, it just, it's easy. Like, you can stay in the den, you can stay wherever else, but you're just always on the first floor. And what happens is they do kind of gravitate towards you. You know, like, they'll sit at the kitchen island while you're cooking, or they'll sit in the living room and just kind of, if they can just be to themselves, it's good. And yeah. if you see them kind of drifting away, usually that's a sign. It's like, uh, hey, what's going on? I noticed that you're kind of sitting to yourself or I said, you know, like that sort of thing. Like, or, oh, you've yeah. been giggling a lot. Is it a boy? You know, like that sort of thing. And they just, they like it. I mean, at least for my littles, that worked really, really well. And then when they got maybe in their 20s and stuff, you got more of that sort of, I just kind of want to be in my room and all that. But that's okay too. Like, and yeah. now I'm getting more friction about curfew and like kind of, like, why Why do I have to do this? And, you know, because they're starting to feel that pull. And that friction with my first one was hard for me because I was like, girl, you're in my house. What do you mean? Like, why do you have to? Like, I don't even 
Are you kidding me? Like, as long as it says dependent on my tax form, I don't understand why we're having this conversation. You know what I mean? Like in my head, you know, but I also realize that a lot of that from therapy and from reading and all that is this is exactly the friction that's required for them to step into adulthood. So they have to argue with me to identify what doesn't feel right to them to figure out the parameters. So I'm still downloading into them and putting, you know, imprints on their paper for whatever I can give them because eventually they're going to cut loose and go. Mm -hmm. If it isn't friction, they're going to stay, you know? So we need to have that friction so that they can feel like they chose to leave because that's how kids leave the home. Otherwise you're kicking them out and that's not okay. You know what I mean? So, Mm -hmm. well, it can be okay in certain parameters, I imagine, but you know, for in this situation. So yeah, my 20 year old right now is getting real close to flying the coop. I can tell because she's like, I'm over curfew. I want to hang out with my friends when I want. I want, you know, and I'm like, cool. I was like, all this sounds, stuff sounds real great when you get your place. I'm so excited about it for you. Like, how can I support you in getting your own place so you can do all of those things? Do you know what I mean? <laughs> like, I'm right. And she's like, well, maybe I can hang out a little more. Cool. Well, then just let me know where you're going to be and what you're going to do. And I'm all for it, you know? So we're, we're having that right now. It's real. And your life experience is going to be so cool to be able to see just the span of different ages oh that you've gosh. raised. I mean, to have a 20-year-old, to have mm-hmm. people, a kid in, in early double digits, mm-hmm. possibly having new kids mm-hmm. down the line. It's it's like you're living so many different lives. Oh, it's so in weird. One life. Oh, it's so weird. It's weird to have your 23-year-old stealing your clothes and like, or you see something and like we both walk out in the same shirt from Target, the same crop top. And it's like, oh. Oh, you know what I mean? Like a little weird, you know what I mean? Like, or when you go to pick up your 11 year old, you know, you're like, oh, I got to wear mom clothes because like I'm going to the elementary school today and this is a little more weird, you know, or and then also knowing that like if I have a baby like in the next couple of years, my this is and ready for the weird math on this. My infant could be the same age as my grandson. If my eldest, my eldest has a kid at 25, 26. Oh, so I could be a grandmom and a mom uh, again, you know, at the same time, you know, so it's like trippy, trippy dynamic, like really weird, you know? So yeah, seeing how that's going to go. so cool. They're going to be able to help out. Oh, I know. Or they probably won't. You know what I mean? But I like that we can share (laughs) stuff. We can talk tips and tricks and, you know. Like all those same things. So yeah, it's kind of. That's really cool. Yeah. Maybe we can go happy on a nanny or something like that, you know. Exactly. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh my goodness. Okay. Well, so you're, you wrote a book. I did. Well, no, I'm writing a book. You, okay. Yeah. It'll be I'll out in September of 2023. It's technically done. So like, I do know what the book is about and I have the full manuscript and I'm just excited to, you know, start pre-order soon. So top of the year, everyone will be able to see those. I can't wait to read it. Thank you. Because a lot. <laughs> I bet. I mean, do you touch on any of like your inspirations? Who's your inspiration? Girl, all of this. So, I mean, I, my inspiration is the nerdiest answer ever. So I know people are always like Oprah or Brene Brown or, you know, something like that. So my inspiration is this gentleman called Bruce Deal. You may or may not have ever heard of him, but he is the founder of a incredible organization called City of Refuge based in Atlanta, Georgia. And Bruce is, he was a former pastor and he ended up opening this multi-acred massive facility there where they help women and children in transition. And I mean, I'm telling you this guy literally like, he's a like a powerhouse. Like, I don't know how he does it, but he like would go in and he's like, Hey, I need this property. And people are like, okay, like, it's just like, I'll donate it to you. Go do it. And what's amazing about this place is that people who come in there are given everything they need to succeed. So like a lot of people forget that just looking at my girls, you know, this is why, if you're understanding the connection, you know, um, a lot of us want to help. And so oftentimes help comes in the form of we're a healthcare organization. So we provide help, healthcare, or we are in education. So we help with education or, you know, we're housing, we help with housing. Well, unfortunately, people's chances of returning back to their poverty circumstances or their sex trafficking or whatever, it's super increased if they're only getting one of the many areas they need help. So City of Refuge mm-hmm. in Atlanta actually helps with healthcare, anyone who walks through the doors, healthcare, housing, childcare, job employment, and food. So you get all of those until you're back on your feet. And so literally for $200 a week, you can house a woman and her child and give them all of that. And can you imagine just getting all that support, 
how drastically that changes your life because one thing's not falling by the wayside. So as a mom who has seen what happens when you give all of that to your kids, because at first I was just going to give them mentorship. Then I was just going to give them food. Then I was just going to help out if one thing. And before I knew it, I was like, oh, you need all of these things in order for your life to actually change. And I'm telling you that like this organization is one of the few that actually does this and is actively changing lives every day. And oh Bruce God. started it. And when I want to be him when I grow up, he is the biggest inspiration to me. I cannot wait to check that out. It's so, it's just the story alone makes you want to like, it gets you fired up. It's I'm like, I'm donating now. Right now. I know, they're speak. amazing. They're amazing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh my god! And every dollar actually helps. Like that's the other thing too, is there a, we're always looking for how we can help in the best way. Right. Legit organization. They're oh, amazing. I love that you shared that. And mm -hmm. it, it's true. There's so many facets, like housing, all the things. And mm -hmm. even in parenting, it's like, it's a lot. So much. It's a lot. So for someone that's trying to get back on their feet, can you imagine just the the feet that that is? Oh like, my gosh. It's gotta be like and to be so seen. overwhelming. Just to yeah. be able to know that you're being in a place where they're like, look, we're gonna help you with all these things. Like you're not a charity case. Like you're a whole person who needs all of those things. It's not just one hot meal. It's like, no, like mm -hmm. you got a job. Good for you. That is so hard. We'll watch your kid in a safe place and teach them while you go work that job because you're still doing the heavy lift. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like not including the trauma and all that. You're still doing the heavy lift. And so I get it. And it's just I'm so proud of all the women that come through there and succeed because, you know, I'm a product of poverty myself. Like my parents didn't have it. Like everyone deserves a shot, you know, and everyone is capable of being so much if they're given the tools they need to succeed. So uh, it's exciting. It's exciting to see what the work, the work they're doing. Oh, I love yeah. that. I cannot wait to read your book. If people want to find you, where can mm -hmm. they find you? Yeah, so I am Nicole Walters with an S all around the internet. So you can find me on Instagram. You can listen to my podcast, the Nicole Walters podcast. You uh, can find me at NicoleWalters.com. It's all the same. And, and then when my TV book comes show. out soon. And my TV show, yes. I have a TV show called She's the Boss that was on USA Network. Um, you can find, you know, episodes online still. And then I'm working on a couple of new projects that I'm really excited about. So hopefully... You know, if you guys keep your eyes peeled, you'll see another new show coming out very soon. So Jeez. fingers crossed. I'm really fortunate. Well, I feel like I am a better person after talking to Aww. you right now. Like you said that that's your goal. You have accomplished it because I feel I feel so grateful and inspired by you. You're amazing. Thank you so much for having me here, Jessica Haley. You guys are changing lives every day. And I know I'm changed and improved because of you. So thank you. Oh, thank <laughs> you. We hope you found something meaningful from this episode. It'd mean the world to us if you'd take a second to rate, review, and follow the show and tell your friends about it. It's the best way to support the show. And if you have any questions you want us to cover on the show, call our voicemail line at 833-444-FULL. We want to hear from you. And don't forget to follow us on Instagram at Meaningful Living and visit our website, MeaningfulLiving.com for resources, courses, and to shop our favorites. Can't wait to see you next week. note that this episode may contain paid endorsements and advertisements for products and services. Individuals on the show may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to in this episode.